Hey everyone, welcome back to You Had Me at Yellow, the podcast where Asian Americans can come and air it all out. It's your girl Lo, and I know it's been a long time. I should have left you <laughs> without a dope beat to step to. Yep, yep, that's a Timbaland and Aaliyah reference. Okay, if you know, you know. If you don't, you better you better find out. <laughs> This episode is very near and dear to my heart. It is about mental health. My guest, Tan Bui, and myself, we dive into this topic and we talk about our personal experiences with it, how we cope, and why it's so important to talk about mental health, especially in the Asian American community. And all of that good stuff. So, without further ado, here is the episode on mental health. So, why don't we start off by you introducing yourself and like tell us a little bit about like what you're about, what you're into. Yeah. Um, so, my name is Tan Bui, and I'm into a lot of things. Uh, so, I actually graduated with a bachelor's in sociology as well as psychology. And I also had two majors, I mean minors, uh, which were English and Asian American studies. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm working for a nonprofit, um, but I'm also working on a short book of poems. Oh, cool. So I'm kind of all over the place. But I am really, really passionate about like Asian American issues, and mm-hmm. mental health is among one of them. Yeah, for sure. So, where did you grow up? So, I grew up in Boston and in Houston. Oh, um, yeah. So, I grew up in real like ethnic enclaves, which I didn't realize I was in until I, you know, went to college and left that bubble. But I, I grew up in. Um, minority majority spaces totally yeah so what 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 would you say is like the biggest difference between the two like houston and boston um i guess i guess it's kind of true that um people in boston are a lot like colder like southern hospitality is a real thing yeah like, you you you'd go gross, grocery shopping and it's kind of a definite that you would like, you know, strike a random conversation with someone. Uh, but if you lived in Boston, that, that'd be super weird. Like, you know, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that too. I've gone to a few southern cities and I'm just like, wow, why, why is everyone so nice? You mean just at the CBS? Yeah, <laughs> they just like to talk a lot. I know. New Yorkers, I'm from New York, so if a stranger came up and talked to you, you'd be like, what, what? What's your problem? Like, what's, <laughs> what's happening here? Cool. So, where did you say you went to school? I went to um, the University of Texas at Austin. Oh, cool. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Austin. That's definitely on my list. It's definitely an, a really interesting city. Yeah, for sure. So, today we wanted to just dive into um, mental health what it means to our community. Um, so I guess we'll start there. And then if you are, or if you want to start like your personal journey with it as well, 
Yeah. Um, so I can only speak to my experiences. Yeah. Uh, I know that everyone has a, a different way of experiencing and navigating mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me personally, I have always lived um, with a degree of anxiety, right? but I didn't recognize it as such mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, I didn't, I legit up until I was like 20, you know, thought like I was, I was a pretty normal person cause I was functioning just fine. Um, and for a long time I was, you know, like, uh, high functioning, like kind of anxious person. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't until college that I really had to grapple with you know, kind of the, the full weight of my anxiety and depression. Because mm-hmm. um, I had always found a way to work against it. So, for example, um, slowness. Uh, a lot, my anxiety shows itself in, like, frozenness. Yeah. Um, which, you know kind of slows me down so I know that uh from talking to other people like how they manage their anxiety is to like plan 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 and then you know like go 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 but for me it's like oh you want me to go somewhere can I have 20 minutes to freak out about it just like internally (laughs) I've definitely done that too yes where it's just like I have to mentally prepare to even be in a social setting so when it's like impromptu like that you're just like what yeah i'm gonna see who i'm gonna meet who like that wasn't part of the plan yeah or whenever i go somewhere it's always like okay tell me who's gonna be there yes people matter and like if if you are the only person that i know there please do not leave me yeah (laughs) yeah definitely i hear you so um I think slowness has been a kind of a thread in my own story because I like, okay, like freshman, sophomore year of college, you know, when you first like move out and you have roommates who are different from you. And I recall like just, you know, like doing my own thing and then watching like one roommate after the other, everybody just like buzz about. They're just like constantly moving, constantly doing things. They're involved yeah. a ton of different things, and they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think a lot of my roommates were like either extroverts or ambiverts too, you know. Because which I was like, okay, they're more extroverted, cool. But it it never struck me as like, hey, my level of functioning is not typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'll get a little bit more into it later about like the moment where I realized that, but for a mm-hmm. good while, I was just like, why are these people moving so fast? Right. Um, Cause I generally take a lot more time with things. That's just how I process. And I, I do it in a way where I, I compensate for it. So yeah. say like, I take a long time to prepare myself for something, but like actual traveling to get somewhere, I move very fast. Right, right. So Which just like me, noticing the difference. 
was like yeah. meaningful to you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, gosh. Okay. For me, um, I, maybe for other people as well, but um, for me personally, mm-hmm. my anxiety and depression are kind of hard to tear apart from each other. Mm. Uh, you know, because I don't know where one ends and one starts. And then a lot of people uh, tend to have, you know, both of them at the same time. It's not all, you know, it's pretty common to have both at once. Um, right. Totally. So the anxiety for me is like an internal, like, freaking out about everything or like mm-hmm. threat seeking. Mm-hmm not like you know i navigate the world like everything is gonna go wrong but i do look for um things that you know might be harmful things that um i guess the best way i could put it is like a little bit fear-based totally yeah that's how i would describe my own anxiety Mm -hmm. i'm just very very, like nervous Mm -hmm. but internally like on on the outside i look fine yeah. Um, the depression, though, for me is uh, apathy. That's that's how mine comes out. It's lack of motivation. It's mm-hmm. lack of you know wanting to do things that I know that I do want. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like fatigue, apathy, sleeping all of the time, and being tired all of the time. Yeah, I can totally relate to both of those. Where the the anxiety is kind of something that you can almost mask in a way, where it is an in, internal thing, and like you really, um, yeah, for lack of a better term, freak out about certain things, and kind of spiral along that road. And then the depression is something more where it's like, I know for me, it kind of comes out as like, um wanting to get out of bed and wanting to do all these things but then the the mere fact of me not doing that gets me even deeper in the hole you know what i mean do you feel shame um i don't i don't think so i don't think it's shame i think it's more like uh an internal thing so it's like why it's more like questioning, like, why Why are you letting it take over like this, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like eye against eye, where you know where you are when you're, like, at your baseline, when you're, when you're good. But then when you're at the low, you're just like, well, at least I do question myself and just, like, just do it, you know? Like, you can do it. You have done it before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, what is stopping you now? Yeah. Yeah. So I know, and also in a way, like sometimes the anxiety for me triggers the depression. So something that is really consuming me, um, and I just start like really going down the hole and ruminating about this one thing, and then at at one point it just turns into like it gets dark, and it's just like yeah, it's. Yes, it spirals and you just finally like stop and you're just like, yes, that's affecting me and it's going to deter me from doing 
what I normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can definitely relate. Um, I asked that question about shame because mm-hmm. for me, I I know that I tend to put that on myself sometimes. It's like I, I just feel bad that I can't mm-hmm. do things that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, or like you have so many things you want to get done. Uh, you have goals and dreams. But you like for me, I have a limited amount of energy. Mm-hmm limited amount of motivation and so a lot of my life is weighed in like how much time do I have how much energy do I have um I have a bunch of things I want to accomplish but it's what will my body let me do Mm, totally yeah and it's like it's in a way it's like your body is that you're at war with your body because your mind is saying one thing, but it's kind of taking over the whole ship where it's just like, you know, I'm capable of getting out of bed and getting to work on time. But today, for some reason, I really just can't. And you just feel safe, you know what I mean? Like where you are at. And you don't even want to expose yourself to anything else because that will just ruin that feeling. Of security. Yeah. I can totally see that. But I feel like. So that's our experience. With it personally. But on a larger scale. I feel like our community has. A problem with. Being open about these kinds of issues. And talking about it more. I didn't really. Know much about. Mental health. Until I went through it my own you know what I mean until I discovered what that meant for me um and taking care of yourself mentally not just physically so I think personally we it's something that has a huge stigma upon it and people don't talk about it and there is like you said a level of shame to it um so what do you think about that yeah um I think the whole reason why I began writing about my own mental health at all is because I started noticing it everywhere around me. Mm. Um, I have a lot of friends who are Asian American and who do struggle with mental health. Like, I, I think, okay, maybe it's like you, you attract the people who are similar to you, but I think so. Yeah, I probably only have, gosh, is it one? I probably only have, like, one friend who's Asian American and doesn't have, you know, a rocky relationship with their mental health. Mm. Everybody else um, in all different capacities know, you know, what it's like. To, to combat, like, um, mental illness or to live with it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the first post that I ever wrote on my blog was because I found out that um, a friend, an acquaintance of mine, had passed away. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. And, yeah. And... You know, as I was reading through what her family was saying about um, her battle with depression, it it kind of 
like zapped me out of my own um like it, it made me step out of myself and realize that this is a bigger problem than I thought because uh, I you know we weren't close and I had only known her in passing but mm-hmm. you know it's, it's one of those very very happy very giving um like open people mm. and sometimes those are the people that are really good at hiding it Uh, and so after that experience I I really started to see it as like maybe a systematic thing Mm -hmm. because she was an Asian American woman as well Um, Mm. that's when I was like man I wish we talked about this more Uh, and like actually I I mentioned Asian American women, but I also know a lot of Asian American men Mm -hmm. who uh, respond to my blog a lot. It like you know, oh really? Something? Yeah. Whenever I post something, it's you know, it's the women and and people from like all different backgrounds. Like the women would like give it like a bunch of likes and whatever. Right. It's it's like always the men that would personally message me. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, this story made me feel seen. I could relate to it. I felt understood. I felt less lonely. Uh, so that was incredibly powerful to be like, this spoke to men and especially like Asian American men. Right, right. Wow. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the, you don't expect certain people to fall into your audience. And when they do, it's, it's like, wow, I was able to reach them as well. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the uh, bigger motivators um, to me sharing my own experiences um, as well is, like, you know, I have a brother, and I I see some of the things that I grapple with in him. mm and I know that he, he's not at an age where he has the language to talk about it yet or kind of the tools to understand it yet. But I, I do know that I want to be able to have something to pass on to him. Like, even it's just to explain some, some of my own stuff, like my own, like, you know, like strange behaviors. Mm, I see. I think also, like, when it comes to the stigma of mental health, it's like um, when you're like labeled as crazy or whatever, it's kind of like you're ostracized and you're not a normal quote unquote like part of this part of society. Yeah. And I feel like when like shame, I feel like is a huge part of mental health um, and the stigma that our community has on it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think you do want your your children or like your family, your friends in that in your community to be sort of healthy in every sense of the word. So when they kind of stray from that ideal, it's either you don't know how to deal with it or you just kind of write them off, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
it's interesting because we, I, at least for me growing up, there was definitely a huge trust with um, the medical profession and like doctors in general. But then what about when it comes to, oh, I need to see a psychiatrist or I need to talk to a therapist about what I'm going through, you know? Like, why is that seen as different? Right. Yeah. I I do see a psychiatrist. Um, mm-hmm. uh, psychiatrists are the, the ones that prescribe medicine. And then I also see a therapist mm-hmm. for counseling. And... I guess I'm pretty far along in like my own journey with mental health, but I remember that at the beginning, it was it was really scary to talk about it because you you know that people are gonna view you slightly differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. everyone has their preconceived notion of what that is, you know. And yeah. I'm glad that you um, brought up the difference between the two because. I feel like psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists is all kind of lumped into what a therapist actually is. Mm-hmm. Where you have this like sort of someone talking to you while you're laying down on the couch and all that kind of stuff. Like that whole image. So yeah. Um, yeah, and um, I feel like medication does play a huge part in the mental health journey for sure. Because I know that it's like when you first kind of introduced to that whole idea of taking medication for, you know, dealing with whatever you have. Mm -hmm. It's, I know for me personally, I kind of met it with like hesitation, you know, like I was very unsure about it. I didn't, I've heard crazy stories. You do hear crazy stories about it. And then um, sometimes I experience absurd things as well. Um, yeah, for sure. It, I, I put it off for a long time. Like um, when I was in school, I was seeing a counselor for a little bit and they um, they were like, hey, just so you know, like medication is an option in case you want to explore it. And I put it off for like a year, almost two years because I, I just – I stuck with the mentality that I can do it by myself. Mm, I can totally relate to that. Like, I can power through this. I've done so much more. You know, like, I have the capacity to just keep going. Mm-hmm. I genuinely fought so hard until I couldn't anymore. Mm. I think that's, um, you know, from talking to a lot of my friends, that's that's what they're going through as well. Mm-hmm. Like, just fight it as much as you can, like use whatever methods you can to, to motivate yourself to keep going, you know, whether those methods are healthy or not. Right. Um, but at one point it does become something that's out of your hands. I and agree. Yeah. And knowing when to, when to get help is a huge growth thing on your journey with your mental health issue, you know? So it's one thing to recognize that you have the problem. That's even hard for people to to get there. But to recognize like it's out of your hands is is a huge sort of milestone that you reach. So I think it's like what we need to really preach to our community is that okay, if you had a heart condition or if you have diabetes, 
you can't go without taking your medicine, right? Yeah. Or sort of like, you know, the whole process, like having a healthy diet or whatever it might be. Like if you lack insulin, you would take medicine for that. Exactly. And if you lack certain chemicals in your brain that would allow you to function better, Mm -hmm. medication is also okay for that. Yeah, totally. So I feel like it was a journey for me to realize that, okay, this is what I have and this is what I should be taking for it. Of course, I had my hesitations, but I just kind of had to really trust that these are experts and they want me to be good and I want me to be good. So as long as they were on the same page as me, it was really a huge trust thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So the same way that you would trust your doctor if he was like, hey, um, I see you need a little bit more vitamin D or you need a little, little bit more iron in your your system. You know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing. It's so it's so hard to like put those two things in the same category, but they really are, you know. I think um, another thing that helps me conceptualize it is when we're stressed out, and anxiety is kind of like a prolonged, mm-hmm. like, now just like a extended period of being stressed out. And, and when you're stressed out that frequently for that long, it, it does affect your brain chemistry. It does, um, you know, sometimes it means that your brain is, like, overproducing. Um, what is the, there's the chemical that, is it cortisol? It's cortisol, I think. I believe uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the one uh, that is related to stress. And mm-hmm. so that in turn isn't you know that's already offsetting your chemistry um and then sometimes when you're anxious or depressed for a long time you you know you just you just don't produce that much serotonin which is a thing that we need and is naturally occurring but um in in my brain personally i know is is lacking when i don't have medication or at least like when I was at my lowest of lows I know that I didn't have enough of that that chemical wow yeah and it's kind of like what did it's kind of like so what is there to even do about that like how would I even know you know yeah um I I think everybody manages in a different way, like I have some people who cannot afford to see a psychiatrist, who cannot afford to be in therapy, and so they're they're still trucking along, um, you know, without the tools that I have, and they seem to be managing okay. Right, so for some people, it it's still there's still I wouldn't say that these people. They just don't have access to certain things, and so they still have to cope, you know, without knowing that, or without having other options. Hmm. Totally, and it's kind of like I feel lucky um, to actually have access to healthcare, and 
all these different things because it's like what if I didn't what if I had less and what if I didn't you know what if I didn't have a roof over my head and I was struggling with this and I couldn't pay for my medication you know what I mean it's like what what is our community doing to help those people only started opening up the conversation with my own mother mm-hmm. so it was it wasn't like a like a sweet like let's sit down and talk about this it was I did it in the most like avoidant way um just because for, for my family we don't we don't have the language to talk about this mm. yes uh so it, it came in like periodic um clues so what I what I would do is it'd be like, "Hey mom, um, I I'm on medication," and then she she would be like, "Okay," uh, I don't think she pressed, and I'm grateful for that. But she's just like, "I don't know what kind of medication this is, but okay, if you need it, sure." And then you know the next time around, I'm like, "Hey mom, I found a therapist in Houston." And she's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's nice. And for me, it's like, whoa, what a relief. Like, oh, she thinks it's nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like she, she's a lot more open to it than I thought. And then the last thing ever was like, you know, we go to a doctor's appointment together. And then I, I did check off like depression and anxiety on that like little checklist. That right, they right. And she, she did happen to see it um so that was like real confirmation and then just like probably last week we had a huge conversation that like cracked open mental health for our family oh wow Uh, yeah and it, it happened because a family member of mine um a cousin younger than I am, um, just starting middle school, uh, you know, obviously also Asian American was, was dealing with some real mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, on, on a very serious level. And it, it wasn't even a, a thing that we could ignore because it was, it was like this glaring, like red, like elephant in the room, mm-hmm. um, where like we, you know, me and my brother had always kind of known like something was up, but we, we thought like, you know, like they're fine. It's, it's their family. That's our cousin. You know, that's not our business. But, um, right now it's, it's at the point where it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't just hold back on all of, of all the resources that I have, all the things that I know about myself. Um, and so I, I went and talked to my cousin about my own mental health journey. And then, in, in trying to explain it to her mom, I had to talk to my mom about it. Totally, yeah. So I, I actually had, like, an excuse to be like, hey, mom, you know how, like, my brother and, like, our father and I, like, sleep all of the time? Uh, like, there's a reason for that. Or it's, like, I had to explain that some of the things that um, – she she was coding as laziness mm. actually like anxiety right right and 
you know, by the end of the conversation, she seemed to really understand it. She was like, whoa, you know, like, because I, I, I feel a ton of guilt not being able to do as many things as I can around the house, like to help. And that was the opportunity for me to be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, it, I actually can't control, um, like how much energy I have or like I can't control my fatigue so it's not that I don't want to do more right it's I really can't like we don't have a choice Mm -hmm. and that's it made sense to my mom like oh okay like my kids aren't just like potatoes (laughs) right yeah um so being able to understand that was really really like a, a weight off my shoulders like just to tell it to her and have her like grasp that was a really good feeling Mm, yeah totally it's so it's so beautiful to to see that because um and it's it's kind of like this this thing had to happen to your to your cousin in order for the conversation to kind of continue you know because you mentioned that you spoke about it with her before but the fact that you kind of were like the one to kind of explain everything is kind of a, 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 a like lucky thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I feel like a lot of the right things had to come together at the right time for us to have that conversation. Yeah, totally. Like, and, and this way it's something that almost the whole family can learn from, you know? Yeah. Um, I like this has been like a years long process. Like it just, you know, it didn't happen out of the blue. This was something I'd been thinking about for years and right. like figuring out the language and how to explain it. Like, cause I Vietnamese people don't talk about these things. So I mm-hmm. had to start from scratch. I had to be like, you know, like pretend I have like 10 sticks of energy every day, like going mm-hmm. outside up like four of them doing like work or chores takes up like another like four and then like you know self-care like eating bathing whatever takes up like another like like three or two and so I'm left with like very little energy left yeah totally so I had to like use analogies um to make it make sense and I'm sure like it took a lot for you to even begin to talk about it to anyone much less your family so it's like uh like almost like a double whammy like wow just even to talk about this or even share on your blog is something that you had to probably get over i i think for sure it was it was not a thing that i was gonna do like you know out of the blue i you know i wasn't like hey let's share this thing um it was actually because I had seen other people do it um, and over and over again, too. It's not like this one time somebody shared their story. It's like uh, when I was in theater, people talked about mental health. Not very often, but they were like, hey, this, this community saved me. Or when I was on social media, like somebody would use their profile picture description to talk about stigma, to talk about their mental health journey. So I actually was lucky enough to see it done by other people first that I felt 
that it was okay to share my own story. That's awesome. Yeah, because I kind of went through something similar where it's like, I I was kind of looking for a space where people were talking about Asian American issues and things that that affect our culture and identity. And then once I created it, um, I saw other people doing it and it inspired me even more to keep talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool to hear that you like found those outlets. Yeah, I think there is a real like want and need for community. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just difficult to navigate in in the the era of like influencers and ads and algorithms, and it, it's it's wild on the internet. Mm-hmm. Totally, I totally agree with you. It's kind of like anyone could put out anything, you know. So. For you to find like your niche and find, kind of find like your little corner of the internet that agrees with you, it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very valuable. Yeah. So, what are some things that you talk about on your blog? I saw there was one post that you did that was about meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you talk more about like what types of things you share on there, what people can find? Yeah. So, um, the post about meds is about my journey with medication. It's also a continuation of a long, long story about my mental health journey because it, it started sometime in college. And as I was processing it, I wanted to write it down so that um, it would help other people process what they were going through as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the meds 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 um blog was about how i even made the decision to try medication at all um it talks about my side effects it talks about the different ways that different medications affected me it just kind of demystifies the the whole like process of taking medication which is scary for a lot of people Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, and there, there are real, like, side effects that can negatively affect you if you aren't prepared um, for some of them. Like, for example, I was um, kind of feeling out which medication worked for me in college, and... It was very difficult because that semester I had some like pretty hard classes and one of the side effects for me on like one of my first medications ever was just like lack of care. Mm. So aloof, like I didn't have a care in the world. Like I I was freaking out because I wasn't freaking out. (laughs) Totally. There's still that, that part of my brain that's like, hey, you should do this assignment, but at the time, like, when I was on that specific medication, I was like, nah, I'm good. Right. And it was, like, the strangest thing. Yeah. Or, you know, like, other medications for the first couple of weeks, like, made me angry. Mm. I was angry for no reason. And, like, any time that, you know, anything at all upset me, I, I just had all this rage. And it was uncharacteristic of me. 
but because I recognized that that was what's going on, I was able to like tell my friends. I was able to be like, Hey, if I get like really angry for no reason, um, know that it's not totally within my control or like, I'll try to, help, but I'm sorry if, if something slips. Totally. Yeah. Like I know for me, a big one was my appetite changed. So I, I, I usually just eat like, you know, the three meals a day, maybe some snacks in between. And I just remember being just like starving all the time. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I just ate like, this is crazy. So then another part of that side effect was like the weight gain. And like, I I feel like as a woman, like you already have your issues with like your body if you were at your like ideal, mm-hmm. you know. So like it kind of just piled on more like as the medication was making me gain weight. But I kind of just rationalized it where it's like, okay, fine. Like I put on a few pounds, but it's like, which one is more important? Like what I actually would I rather like be happy and like okay with a few pounds or what I want to just be like totally not have my sanity you know Yeah. so it's kind of like the trade-off and so I've even heard like people being on meds where they just turn into like total zombies you know oh my god yeah definitely definitely been through that um I totally agree with what you said about there being a trade-off yeah um because I don't I don't know. Maybe there is like a perfect medication out there for me somewhere, but for every single like decent um, medication that I've been on, there's always been something else that I had to give up. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? Yeah. Um, so there was one medication I was on that like that one gave me dopamine. Like, uh, I actually asked the doctor about how it worked and, and stuff. And they were like, oh, yeah, this this one, like, adds more dopamine into your system. Right. And it, it made me, like, have a lot of energy. Like, I had the energy to get out of bed. I had the energy to do a bunch of tasks. <laughs> the same way that I would watch my roommates throughout college be able to do. And so I had the energy. But I also had, like a little bit more OCD. Mm-hmm. Like earlier in my life, I, I had some symptoms of uh, like, you know, compulsions. And with that medication in particular, like I noticed I was like picking at things more, like picking at my hair, picking at my skin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I thought like small price to pay. Totally. Then I, and then I see a new doctor and she's like, oh no, dopamine ramps up OCD so I uh, she switched me onto the medication that I'm currently on mm-hmm. uh, which I don't have as much of a problem with that anymore that's good uh, yeah now my new thing is like not being asleep oh that's my number one thing is like I it's once I'm asleep I'm, I'm good I, I can sleep through the whole night if I have to. I could wake up in the same position that I fell asleep in. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I cannot. It's so hard for me to fall asleep. Yes. Yes. And that's where kind of like the anxiety comes in. 
and like knocks on my door and is like hey what's up so remember that thing you said three years ago like why did you say that that was so embarrassing (laughs) like all this all these things like flood my head like oh you have to do that thing tomorrow you have to take this train to get there and make sure you leave at this time it's just like the ruminations you know Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I face is like falling asleep. Yeah. But then when you're on meds and you're kind of like new to one or whatever, they kind of, your doctor's kind of almost like, for lack of a better term, like experimenting to see what works best for you. Yeah. You know? So when they give you that high dose or they give you that low dose or whatever, it's just like you're like waiting for it to kick in or waiting for it to do what they said it would do you know i've had issues where it would be hard for me to wake up after taking some you know because it's just it's really like doing what it's supposed to but and like a real way (laughs) that's my current problem i'm like currently having trouble falling asleep but then once i do it's really hard to get out of that heavy slumber Mm -hmm. and it's like these little these might seem like little things to people who don't necessarily have issues with mental health like falling asleep having a normal diet where your your appetite is not all crazy or you know what i mean and it's like or even what we were saying earlier about like actually wanting to do things like work or housework or even getting outside like these things might sound like are you guys serious but the, these are the things that actually make it hard for us to have like quote-unquote normal day-to-days they're they're real problems that we don't always have someone else to talk to about yeah like i don't know about you but um whenever i'm pmsing that's when my my medication is kind of rendered like less effective Mm, interesting around the same time every month it'd be like wah wah (laughs) (laughs) Something is happening. <laughs> your meds aren't, you know, doing the thing that they're normally supposed to do. Right. And that wasn't something I was, I, I, yeah, I wasn't aware of it until like somebody else who was was on medication like pointed out to me. Hmm. Wow, it's interesting. And like what you said, what you said just now about someone else pointing out things to you, I feel like a huge part of dealing with your mental illness is having your your tribe or like your team you know the ones that will kind of point out to you and just be like hey i noticed that you've been kind of sluggish lately or i noticed that you've been really on edge like just checking to see if you're good you know because sometimes we don't see ourselves and that's what the problem sometimes lies yeah Um, backtracking a little bit like the, the whole reason why I really started thinking about medication at all mm-hmm. was because I had a teacher who would notice that I took really, really long on exams. Ah. I did excellent on them, but I took, like, the most amount of time. And I had always done that. Like, mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid, I would take the longest, do really well, so then I would be like, eh, it's fine, you know, because it, it paid off. Yeah. But it wasn't until that one teacher that was uh, a college professor who was like, hey, um, just a consideration, like you don't have to do it. But I, I know that some students have like test anxiety. 
And so there's actually accommodations for that to give you more time. Um, and, and that was when everything kind of made sense to me. Like it wasn't just like a, a quirky thing that I did. It was, right. it was something that's documented and something that could be helped. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so interesting that it's something that you always noticed about yourself, but never put it in that, in that category. Yeah, I think um, with like high functioning anxiety or high functioning depression, like we find so many ways to right navigate or like maneuver over like you know those tricky spots. Like mm-hmm. we we find ways to compensate. Yeah, I agree. And like I know for me personally, like it's it's I know what to I know what I need to do or say to kind of like keep it at bay. You know what I mean? For the people around me. But then you realize, like, you don't really gain anything from that. Because if you're not being truthful about what you're actually going through and, like, putting on a brave face, it defeats all the work that you've done thus far, you know? So if I do notice myself, because sleep is my number one thing. If I do notice myself, like, not sleeping as much or sleeping too much... I try to just say to my people, like, hey, if you notice that, like, just check in with me because that's my number one thing anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think another thing that's important about um, dealing with your mental illness is to recognize that you're not alone. So like you said, just talking to other friends about it or... um uh, just like your, like whoever is your support system, it's really important to have that for sure. I am very lucky to have a really good group of friends. Some who do understand mental health, and some who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the ones who don't have been extremely patient with me, extremely open uh, to this thing that they they don't experience themselves. Right. And the ones who do understand are very validating. Um, and a lot of the times it, it feels like they're going through the exact same thing that I'm going to do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're also, like, really um, good for when I, I need someone to kind of tell me what's up. Uh, like, if I was on new medication, um, I would ask my friends to be like, hey, have you noticed any changes with me? Or, um, you know, anything in my mood. So that's another way that I get feedback on, you know, how medication is affecting me. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. So I guess to sort of like wrap up, is there like where can everybody find your blog and find you? And if you have anything coming up, feel free to plug it. Yeah. Um, so my blog is on WordPress. It's tonspeaks.wordpress.com, I believe. Uh, it's a very personal blog, so it's definitely not like an article. Like, it's not, it's not a scholarly article, which I have written before. <laughs> um, but it, it's more of a, a personal narrative than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Equally important. Yeah, and I find that 
a lot of people find value in um, a personal narrative because it's honest and because it's uh, kind of raw, if, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. as I'm going through things and experiencing them, I'm just documenting them the way that I it happens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that for certain friends and certain, like, readers who have become friends it really like either makes them feel seen or it helps them understand something that you know is a little bit hard to grasp for them totally that's the blog um i don't i'm not very good at updating it regularly but it it exists there on the internet (laughs) anyone to peruse through um i'm I'm currently working on a lot of poems about um, my Asian American experience, about like gender, race, uh, sexuality, and then some mental health. So I hope to get those published and like, you know, out in the world pretty soon. But um, yeah, so maybe look out for that. Uh, That's my next project. Awesome. That's really (laughs) exciting. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being super honest and open. I'm sure someone is listening and will definitely take something from it. Or I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Or if not, maybe it's like mildly entertaining. <laughs> True that. What up, what up? That was my conversation with Tan Bui, my wonderful guest. Thank you so much for being open and candid and super honest about your experience with mental health. It allowed me to open up as well, and I really appreciate it. So thanks. Um, as you may know, if you've been here before or this is your first time, I close out each episode with a self-love and or self-care tip. And for this episode, I'm going to talk about affirmations. Now, if you are familiar with affirmations or you've seen a bunch of movies and TV shows where the, the person is just standing in front of the mirror, just saying a bunch of positive things to themselves, then yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But I wanted to kind of dive in and, and just explore how you can go about doing this so I think the first step with affirmations is to write down a list of like all of the negative qualities that you have about yourself or that you view in yourself and then negate those so let's say oh I'm so lazy right that's your negative quality about yourself so if you want to say the opposite of that you could say i'm productive or i get shit done (laughs) something like that um it's just about turning the negative into positive and um changing the way that you talk about yourself or view yourself so that is the first step i would say the second step is to implement it so pick a time of day that you want to do this whether you're a morning person or a night owl like me um pick a time of day 
and dedicate yourself to it. So maybe you start off slow and maybe you do it once a week. Maybe you do it a couple times a week. And then maybe you amp it up and do it every day. Um, you can either say these things to yourself in the mirror or what I like to do is just write down a couple of things on post-it notes and just have them throughout my room. Um, that's pretty helpful because even when I'm not thinking about it or in that mindset, um, I see them and it just kind of like lifts you up a little bit. So yeah, um, I would say those are my two tips for affirmations. I know it might seem a little silly at first, you know, you're just like amping yourself up, but it's super important because, you know, how can, you know, the, how RuPaul says, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes. Um, so yeah, that was my episode on mental health. I just wanted to take a second and thank you for listening. Um, talking about Asian American culture and what we go through is really, really important to me. It's one of my passions and it's so important to get all these different voices out there telling our stories and sharing our experiences, not just with each other, but for other people as well, just so... Um, we get a better representation of who we really are and yeah I'm just super passionate about it and it means so much that you're listening to me right now uh, on this podcast so thank you for listening and stay tuned for more um there's a lot a lot coming your way and I'm super excited to share what I have in store for you next Alrighty, have a good one until next time Bye.